Welcome to Material, episode 72, not 77. Sorry, everybody, but this is Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. And this episode of Material is brought to you by Cricket. And I am one of your hosts, UX designer Yasmin Evian. And joining me, as always, my wonderful co host, tech columnist Andy Anako. Hey there. And app developer Russell Ivanovich. Howdy, hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had something clear up is that we, uh, the koalas and spiders got into our server and there was some errors and I don't know what happened, but a lot of people were confused last week because you received episode 76 and it was supposed to be episode 71. Um, I blame Russell or Andy, not I, me. Look, I just want to go on the record and state that this in the rest of the world we use the metric system. So after the number seventy comes the number seventy-one. But in your weird imperial feet, inches, three quarters of a gallon business, I think that's how we ended up at episode seventy-six. I'm just I'm just putting it out there, just facts. No, no. If you, if it's metric, then you double it and add thirty. So that would be episode <laughs> one hundred and eighty-two. Yes, you know, be a chilly one hundred and eighty-two. So, uh, so you actually know what's funny? If, that, I, if that's I, true, I have not been receiving like my share of the ad revenue for like <laughs> 80 episodes, and we need to talk about that before we proceed. Ooh, ooh, uh, different discussion. No, actually, I'm, I'm looking at our back end to – okay. <laughs> <laughs> I Very flexible. It looks right. fabulous. I'm looking at our service, CMS, or Content Management Service, and they actually removed the ability to change the episode uh, numbering, so <laughs> you can all thank me, Relay Host. You can thank Yasmin for getting rid of that. <laughs> so, so you're, you're you. regretting that tattoo you got on spring break in 1998 yet? or? <laughs> yes, I'm regretting the... the change episode title tattoo i don't know so anyways it is it's sorry about that same content listen to episode 71 if you see multiple ones because of stats and all that fun stuff uh but other things that change of course we have daylight savings times for most of uh the you know the united states i don't know who else is a part of uh, the daylight savings times because i know russell's daylight savings times was a couple of months ago I think it was about a month ago. I just want to say that I have. Yeah. I'm going to steal Andy's joke here. I have respect for the farmers and the cows and all the exactly. other stuff. And you know what? I have no respect for anyone because we do not change <laughs> Arizona. It's constant, and that's the way it should be. And rant. <laughs> that's fine. Again, we 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 here in Boston. We are a simple Puritan fishing colony. We respect the land and the interactions with the land and bulldozing over any part of the land that's inconvenienced to us for what we want to do to the land. But hey, I, I understand and, that you know Arizona. It's uh, Arizona. Just, Arizona, you know, no, it, it doesn't need to change. It's archaic and blah 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 blah. Uh, sorry if I'm you know maybe on stress. It is Tuesday night, the election night, and this is going to be a weird because we're recording this Tuesday night. We don't know the results, and then it's going to be released Thursday, and so it's just going to be going to be a weird thing. I had a you know. Uh, I, I've learned a lot about our election system, like in the in United States, I learned that it's not consistent throughout the states. For instance, you in Arizona, we have early voting and also mail-in voting. Uh, but in a lot of the states, you actually can't do that. You actually have to arrive at the poll and vote the day of the election. So um, it's uh, it's kind of 
it, it, there's so much that is unknown, which is what I love what Google has been doing, which is allowing you to check, hey, how to vote. They let you know how to register, which polling location's yours, if you can vote early and all those steps. So um, again, shout out to the Google team, the Google search team for integrating that within the search, because I think it has helped a lot of people that may not know all the ins and outs of voting, especially because every state is different. So um, if you go into the U.S. election results, it's supposed to give you the live results, which uh, is pretty cool. And of course, by the time the show, the show ends, we should have an answer to that. So anyways, thank you, Google, for keeping us informed. Uh, yeah. and, it, and it's probably important at this time to uh, to those of you listening right now that um, if you haven't haven't if you haven't have already voted, you should get out there and make sure that right now, I mean, stop listening and go out and have voted because having voted is one of the important rights of being an American, and a lot of people have uh, given up quite much to allow you to go out tonight and have voted. So don't waste your the vote that you have had done uh, and be able to say on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday that the vote that you will have had made a difference because it certainly is going to have had done that it is and i mean if and if you didn't vote ah bummer but you know what you can register to vote for next year or not next year Uh you guys are gonna do this again next year (laughs) no please don't do this every every year uh but you know there there is actually you know a state and local elections that you should be a part of not just the presidential ones um, but Russell, you have you have some fun bit of news. I mean, I have some fun bit of news because I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you have your moment, and I'm gonna let you shine because I brought a friend. Ooh. Looks like you brought a friend too. I brought a friend too, Yasmin. I received my Google Live case today. So for those that don't know, they have a website. You can go there. You can um, choose some patterns that they have, or you can put your own image on the back. So in my case, I chose our bright blue Shifty Jelly logo, and I stuck that to the back of my phone. Um, I will say as far as cases go, like it's, it's a nice enough case. The, the only recommendation I'd give listeners, and this is my pro tip now that I have one, is don't pick anything with really fine details. So it seems like things with photos of people and places are going to work much better than um, solid colours and sort of fine lines because what I find is it's actually just a little bit pixelated. I don't know what they've used for the printing and the colours are a bit <gasps> off. So Phil, Phil got one um, with a picture of his two kids. It looks amazing. Like his case looks really cool. Mine, you're not going to be able to see this over Skype. I'm not sure why I'm even bothering to, to hold it up. But the outline of the, the Shifty Jelly Eyes is all kind of pixelated and it looks like it got some JPEG compression done to it. But I, I the, blame the designer. I'm just kidding, Chris. Awkward. There is one cool feature though. On the back, there's a little <laughs> NFC button. And if you mash that really hard, oh, you can do stuff like you can turn your flashlight on and off. Um, you can change your wallpaper. You can have it launch your favorite app. Um, there are two downsides to this. And this is typical Google in like everything that they do. This is a really cool feature. The first downside is you have to mash the back of your phone pretty darn hard to get that thing to contact, which is good. You don't want it to trigger accidentally. But it also feels like you're training for the... Um, I don't know, the, the world finger racing Olympics or something because you have to push pretty hard. Like it feels like an exertion. And also if you happen to lock your phone, which you think, oh, this is really cool, I just get my flashlight out. Oh, no, I won't because it only works when your phone's unlocked. Otherwise, it's a pretty cool case. Yeah, I, I bought that one for the 6P and I had an awesome design by Mark Edwards and it was it was really cool, but I had the same problem with you, which was the button was really hard to push. So I was actually wondering if they fixed that and it appears, no, they have nope. not. 
Uh, one thing I do love about the live cases, and I haven't ordered mine yet because I'm going to get one for my Pixel, is that they're so, so thin. So it really does not add like any, any bulk uh, to that. But I, uh, it, look, it looks pretty slick. I do, I do I like how thin it is. I also like the fact that it um, leaves a lot of the, the sides and the top of the phone exposed as well. So you still feel like you've got you know, a nice-looking phone and a nice-looking case. And let's face it, with the uh, Pixel, you've, you've hidden the back glass as well. So win-win. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, have a, I brought a friend too, and I want them to say hi. Oh. Hey, Google, say hi. Hi. Who's this? What do I have here? It's an air oh, freshener. An air freshener. Yeah. An air freshener. <laughs> yes, being brought an air talking air freshener mm, to the show. Springtime mist. Smells like Google. I, and I can't wait to tell you more about it. But first, a message from our sponsor. Oh, you're going straight there. Look at that transition. I wasn't ready for this. going straight there. Do you even have it open? Oh, no, my goodness. I do Russell. now. You know what? Editor, do not even edit this part out. Let's just show how unprepared Russell is. Oh, I'm just kidding. That's harsh. <laughs> yes, Yasmin, before you can tell us all about your new fresh, uh, air freshener, I have to tell you that this episode of Material is brought to you by Cricut. So Cricut is a company that was founded in the pursuit of the perfect polo shirt. After years of searching for exactly what they were looking for, Cricket's founders decided that the only way to get the shirts they wanted was to go out and make them themselves. So Cricut shirts feature the perfect mix of old-school style and modern design. Their inspirations range from the golfing legend Jack Nicholas to President JFK to fashion icon James Dean. Cricket shirts are all about being better than what you can find out there today. Uh, they're better fitting, so they're not too baggy, not too skinny. They have a better collar, featuring a removable collar stays, which help keep your lo- collar looking crisp and new. No more ruffled up bacon collar. Oh, I hate that bacon collar. A better shopping experience, including no hassle, free returns and exchanges. And the important thing is they're made of better fabric as well. All Cricut shirts feature super soft 100% certified organic cotton to make their shirts as comfortable at the 19th hole as they are on the 18th. The 19th hole is a mentality that Cricut believe in. This is a golf term, but you know, even if you don't play golf, I'm sure you can get the idea. It's, you know, it's a place to relax and unwind, and that's exactly what these products are made for. Uh, the 19th hole comes after the first 18 and before all the others that follow. It's all about wherever you feel most comfortable, most at home. So they, they sent me one of these shirts and, you know, we always like to test products to make sure that, you know, manufacturers aren't claiming sort of things that, that aren't, don't turn out to be true. Um, it is made of really nice material. It does, the, the collar things are really cool, the way they, they sort of stay in place and don't get ruffled. You know, I've had that with polo shirts before where you run them through the wash once and you're like, oh, good, goodbye collar. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, they have funky labels on them. Mine had a cocktail recipe. I don't know what the rest have on there, but that was kind of interesting. It does kind of make you think, where is your 19th hole? So you can find out more about Cricket Shirts today by going to cricketshirts.com slash material. That's C-R-I-Q-U-E-T-S-H-I-R-T-S dot com slash material. And because you're a listener of this show, you'll get 20% off your first purchase when you use the offer code material at checkout. So we want to thank Cricket so much for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. The Google Home has arrived, and as listeners of this show know, it has been the device that I've been waiting for 
ever since it was announced at Google I.O., um, I think the biggest thing that I was most excited for was the Chromecast capabilities, which I'm going to be talking about in, in a bit. But one of the other things that I was really, really excited for was to see how my daughter would interact with Google. Um, as many of you know, is she is a fan of Google and thinks Google is like an actual person and wants to have conversations with Google. Uh, but, you know, Google has only been accessible via one of our devices, me or my husband's Android phone. So she hasn't had her own personal device where she can have this conversation with Google. And I mean, she has the Android tablet, but it's it isn't the same. So I was super excited when the Google Home arrived because I figured... I am really going to get to see what she uh, has questions about and what things interest her. And she's going to have direct communication with Google. And it, let me tell you, it has been super, super fun to see her um, interact with Google. She's initiated dance parties, has played games. Uh, one of the games she likes is Mad Libs, which I think we're going to have a fun Mad Libs game uh, to show, show everyone. Uh, but it has just been really cool to see how the Google Home has kind of entered into our lives. And I also bought some Philip Hue lights because I wanted to know what it was going to be like to control the smart home. And so that's been really fun. Um, Andy, has your Google Home arrived yet? Uh, no. And that's a point of contention It's because uh, yeah, I pre-ordered it basically the moment that it was announced, thinking that, I that Google might send me one early or on the day of. But if I pre-ordered, hey, it's, you know, it's probably something I'm going to use anyway, so I may as well get it. And so they are available for pickup in-store at my local Walmart as of a couple of days ago. Uh, however, the fact that I pre-ordered mine, deciding that I'll probably get it faster if I just simply can walk or drive two or three miles and pick it up. The one that I pre-ordered, however, is being shipped. And no, I can't oh. just simply take one of the ones that they have there right now. They have to, no, that's that's not yours. The one that you are, it's, I'm very upset oh, with Oh my goodness. And not, and not oh, for the usual goodness. reasons I'm upset with Walmart, you know, <laughs> unfair labor practices, <laughs> killing independent businesses, stuff like that. Now it's gotten personal. Is that two weeks in a row now that we've proven on this material podcast that it's better to walk in and buy it from the retailer than it is to pre-order from Google? I'm not sure about that. Hey, I got my Google Home on the 4th and... No problems. So I think you, you need you to investigate what's going on with your shipment. You pre-order from Google, yeah? I pre-ordered from Best Buy, yeah, not um. Google. But Andy pre-ordered from Walmart. So Best Buy was uh, had him. It was actually pretty funny, though, because even though I pre-ordered mine from Best Buy and it was going to arrive you know, that day, uh, I did see a lot of people tweeting at me going, I just you know, walked into Best Buy and I got a Google Home. Yasmin, have you gotten yours? And I'm just like patiently waiting for my delivery to yeah. come. Uh, so it, it's always pretty funny when, when those scenarios, but you never know what's going to happen because you never know if the store is going to have them in stock or if not, and you're just wanting to get it done. So um, it, thankfully it arrived and the bases are now available to purchase as well, which allows you to customize the color of the Google Home. But I actually like the gray color. So I'm showing the gray color right now for the Google Home. Uh, my first impression, when I got it was this thing is small like this is a tiny yeah, that's pretty way, tiny device way smaller than I thought it would be looking at the pictures so, uh, yes yeah yeah so in comparison um, I don't have an Amazon Echo but I do have I have seen it and interacted with it before and the Amazon Echo is just like super tall uh, you know pretty thin but just a really tall device um, and it doesn't it's not ugly but it doesn't look as nice as the Google Home now when I first opened the Google Home I thought 
oh my goodness, like this thing, it does look like an air freshener, but it is, it is tiny. It is wider than the Echo, but it's a lot smaller. So I actually think it, it just, lo- it makes it look like it doesn't take up a lot of space. Um, one of the things that I really loved about this device, just from like a hardware perspective is the connection port. You can't really see it here, but there's like, if you notice the the connection, I don't know if you can. Uh, if you if you look at the bottom of it, like it has an indentation of when you plug in the power supply, and they just it, it's one of those small things that when industrial designers are thinking through something and they just make this small tweak that you just really notice. Whoa, they really did think of all the small details, and for that reason, like I was just impressed because I was like. They took the effort to make the the power connector not seem obtrusive. Like it just really kind of goes into this nice spot. It's kind of hard to explain, um, but I really am impressed with just the the hardware quality and just like uh, the outside of it. It just looks like a really nice device that you're not afraid to have in your kitchen or living room. You're not wanting to hide it. And if you can see, it has the Sorry, wonderful. There was oh, a problem. Oh goodness! Please try again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what am I doing here? Uh, I guess you can't see it here, but you can see, I don't know if you can see the lights, but you she has wonderful lights. I've, I've shown it before. So um, off the bat, when you open the device, you plug it in and it tells you, um, and I recorded a video of this and I'll, and I'll put it in the show links, but it tells you, hey, go download the Google Home app and you know set this all up. So it's actually walking you through. And yes, there's pamphlets in there that you know walk you through all this stuff, but Right off the bat, it tells you via voice how to set it up, which I think is pretty useful because some people just start plugging stuff in and don't read through all this stuff. I'm not naming any names, pointing any fingers at any of you, but you know maybe that, that maybe that's a, the type of uh, person you are when you're when you're unboxing something. So off the bat, that it's walking you through it, I think is super super uh, useful. Uh, one interesting thing that a lot of people are missing is that you can use Hey Material to trigger the voice activation. Um, which is nice because if you say okay material, it's going to activate every darn device you have in your house. <laughs> can I can I just ask one question, Yasmin? Okay, yeah, yeah. Google, turn off all my lights. Hey, I have headphones on. <laughs> I've done Does it not again. work. Does not work. Ha <laughs> 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 oh, I'm not getting any smarter. I'm sorry. I, I, I did really want to know what it's what it's like compared to. And my phone triggered with that. Um, what what it's like compared to just using the assistant on your phone? Like, do you notice much difference between the two? Um, for one, it's it has a I guess it has better audio range because we have it like in the kitchen and we can be in the living room and our house isn't that big but we can we can trigger it from like our living room and so that in itself is really is really cool. The difference is that now I'm trying to remember. I think the phone gives you like a little sound that tells you, "Hey, I've been activated." Right? Like you can start talking. The Google Home doesn't do that. So you kind of have to just start talking and hope that it picked up the trigger word so that it doesn't, you don't have to repeat yourself. Um, one, actually, one really funny thing, and I'm going to show it here on the, on the podcast, is if you keep on saying, hey, Google, hey, Google, hey, Google, hey, Google. Yeah. <laughs> She's telling you, yeah, okay, start talking. I, I picked it up. Uh, and so it's actually pretty funny. And the way that it sounds, I, don't, I know if you heard it, there's like several responses that Google will give. And it's just like, yeah, like, what do you want? <laughs> so You've heard that in your own voice at your, your child, have you not? <laughs> yeah. So I think they were taking my audio clips and then that's when they introduced them into Google Home. <laughs> have you tried listening to, uh, to music on it? You know, the the first thing was I said, hey, Google, 
play the latest episode of Material Podcast. Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. What? No, let's yeah. try this again. Sorry, there's an episode 71 <laughs> and a 76. I'm so confused. We're really confused. <laughs> hey, Google, play the latest episode of Material Podcast. Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. All right, that's not, that's really weird because <laughs> I got it to work the first time. Um, that's weird. Is this, is Anyways, this like those <laughs> ventriloquist acts where it's like, oh, Billy, come on, say, say your little song for the nice people. I want and then it doesn't, do nice it. People it doesn't do it. Oh, Billy, behave now. All right, all right. Let me, let me try this again. Hey, Google, play material podcast. Sorry, I'm not sure how to help with that yet. We, we've I been am, deleted, Yasmin. Deleted I, from the Google database. That is so bizarre because I have video proof that it worked. <laughs> uh, but no, yes. So that's a bad example, and I'm embarrassed because it's actually been working really well. And I was going to tell, I was going to talk about how impressed I was with with how well <laughs> it's worked. But of course, when you try it live, it doesn't actually work. No, this is actually one of the fun things that my daughter has really enjoyed because she can just start playing whatever music she wants. Um, which, of course, a favorite of hers is Taylor Swift, uh, "Shake It Off." So we've been hearing a lot of that in our house. Um, but the cool thing about this, Andy, is that not only can you play it on the device. But you can Chromecast it to any of your Chromecast devices, which is probably the coolest thing ever, because if you ask it to play uh, Panda videos on, you know, Panda videos on your living room, it will start Chromecasting YouTube Panda videos on your uh, Chromecast uh, video device. It's pretty amazing. That's probably my favorite feature. I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, this is, the, the great thing about these kinds of devices is that as you... Uh, you start with a stupid thing like you know, tell me a knock knock joke and see what happens. But then you start as as you live with it, you find the things it can really really do. And the, it's not that the, there are a hundred features and all of them are important to you, but then there are six or seven that are just brilliantly done, like uh, f- f- like being able to. I'm washing the dishes, so I casually want to start listening to an audiobook, and then I'm done with the dishes, and I'll go into the office and say, "Well, can you can you, can you cast this now into my office uh, PC speakers because I just want to keep on going." Um, it's, not, it's not surprising; it's such a good Chromecast. I fix it did their usual uh, service to humanity by buying one and taking it completely apart to see what's inside, and it really is a Chromecast device. I'm not, and we're not saying, "Oh, well, it has similar." No, no, no. It is the same CPU same ram same hardware ram same hardware cpu it is essentially a chromecast device that has a really cool speaker and a much better speaker array built into it but of course it's it's still a completely different uh, different object just the, just the uh, the ability to shriek at it from anywhere and have it actually uh, uh, pick up on you um, now one of the things that a lot of people were kind of concerned about is when you look at the specs for the uh, Amazon Echo, they make a big deal of, oh, it has this array of 400 microphones arranged in a circular pattern to make sure that no, it'll, it, there's nothing you can say or even think that it can't pick up and record. Uh, and supposedly that it has f- the uh, uh, Google Home has fewer microphones and people were worried that you won't be able to, uh, to, to give it commands from just about anywhere. Is, it, is location an important thing for it? Is it working wherever you want to go? So we have it in the kitchen and we can access it from like the living room um, and and we have like a living room and family room that are on both sides of the kitchen. And so it's not so much of issue of where we are. I mean, we don't have one in the bedroom. So I I think if I started like yelling at it from the hallway or the bedroom, it wouldn't be able to pick up 
the audio as well. Um, but I haven't had any issues in terms of being around the vicinity. And I'm not saying like you actually have to be right next to it. Like we're in the living room and it's in the kitchen. It's kind of far away. Um, so it's actually been pretty excellent uh, for that purposes. And a- again, I think the hard part is because it doesn't give you any uh, response of saying, hey, yeah, I, I picked up the trigger word, start talking. It's a little hard because sometimes you don't know if it's uh, if it's actually, you know, picked up the the hey google um activation word in which i just triggered it uh, but but the if you're able to see the lights then you'll have, you'll be able to notice like oh hey it's ta- it's actually picked it up but if you're far away where you can't actually see the lights then you don't know so i don't i don't want it to have this like super long yes i can hear you yasmin type thing but i think even if it was just like something that was just like a little like noise just visual or not visual uh, audio indicator that i am able that it's listening to me i think that would actually be pretty helpful yeah the amazon echo has a a cool version of that i don't know if you've seen it yasmin it has a blue uh, sort of light ring that goes around the top and when you say the the keyword it actually points a little bit of that blue ring towards you and it's almost like hey i know where you are like keep talking and it points it yeah directly in your direction which i think i don't think it has an audio cue from memory i'd have to go home and check but just that little visual cue, you're like, okay, it, it's heard me and it knows where I am. It's it's kind of yeah, it makes the whole experience like a little bit a little bit nicer. Yeah, yeah there it, must be there must be a lot of work on that because I, I like the fact that if you keep saying it, it really it will give you feedback because it understands that if she is saying the trigger word word several times, she's unsure if I can hear her. So I will confirm that I can at least hear. Her. I wonder how much completely. work went into the timing of just saying uh, should it should it always say okay, Shlomo, yes. Yeah, I suppose yeah. no. I suppose this means they're expecting that people will just expect it to always work and not do that pause. They'll just say, you know. No, I'm I'm totally with you on that, Andy. Like I think they're, and I think even because of um, with when the Android Wear watches came out, you know, there was no audio response, and that was like a hard thing for people to kind of get over and be like, oh, there's no audio response. It just wants you to start talking, and I think that's what they want to do. They want you to trust it and just start talking, uh, but I think it's going to take some time for people to kind of get used to that, in which I, I think our families like just started you know, talking to it, but when, again, the, the fun quirk of it is when you keep on saying it. It's like, yeah, just what do you want? Like, <laughs> start talking to me. Um, but it's one of the things that I really like um, is the ability of the games. I think you'd be surprised of just like the audio games that you can play because, you know, if it's a, it's a device that you have in the living room and you want to play with friends or family or just kind of want to have some fun, I think it makes the device uh, more enjoyable and you're most likely to continue using it because not all the time are you going to want it to trigger, you know, hey, set my thermostat to 76 or turn on the lights in the living room. Um, although I have used it for turning on my lights uh, in, in the rooms and it's actually been pretty great. Um, one thing that I will add is that the they have different rooms that you can control and they have some pre they have like a whole set of rooms that you can choose that lets you like the bedroom, master bedroom, hallway, living room, family room, yada, yada. And you can actually add your own room. But one of the things that I've noticed is if you add your own room to the set of rooms and you ask it to turn on the lights in that specific room name, the Google Home hasn't picked up on that word. So I named my daughter's room, you know, her name. And I was like, Hey, turn on the, the, turn on the lights in blah, blah, blah's room. And it was like, sorry, I'm not able to help with you right now. But if I say, Hey, turn on the lights in the bedroom, then it actually is able to, to do that. So it's pretty fun. Um, 
And I was thinking we could all play a game of Mad Libs together. What do you think? <laughs> can I, we? I, can we? All right. I've been training for this can moment can, my whole can, life. Can, can you've, been, can, you've been waiting for this are, are all we, day. Are we, are we going to play it the way this traditionally played, like in the back of a car <clears> on a car trip by using naughty words and hoping our parents don't hear the words we're using? We are a family show. We are a family show. Uh, uh, but, you know... <laughs> You know, all our, kinds our, of families. Our, though, <laughs> that is, our family is a poop family, so there <laughs> we, we like potty humor. <laughs> okay, let's get this party started. So, once it asks the question, I'll let you uh, kind of give me the answers, and then I'll repeat them out loud. All right, ready? Hey Google, let's play Mad Libs. Sure, I'll pretend to go get a pencil. <laughs> Is a registered trademark. <laughs> Use with permission. This is Mad Libs, the world's greatest word game. Let's write a story together. This Mad Lib takes 16 words. To stop That's playing early, just say it stop. Put on your thinking cap. First up, I need an adjective. Squishy. Squishy. Okay. How about a number? 25. 25. That's the way. A plural noun. What's a plural noun? Hmm? Two or more people, places, or things. Okay. You really worried me. I thought that. <laughs> what kind of education are you getting? <laughs> I was, I was showing off. For heaven's sake. <laughs> Good. Oh, no. See. <laughs> An animal. This will be fun. Chicken. Nice one. Say a sport. I didn't hear that one. I didn't hear that. Basketball. Huh. Clever. How about a verb ending in ing? Swimming. Swimming. Good. Say an adjective. Blue. Blue. Good. Give me a verb ending in ing. Flying. Clever. That's how it's done. I need another verb ending in ing. Driving. Splashing. Way to go. I need a number. 11,012. 11,012. Okay. Give me a plural noun. Giraffes. Giraffes. Clever. Give me a number. 71. Cool. Four more. I need a noun. Pen. Okay. I need another noun. Desk? Carpeting. Carpet. Good. How about one more noun? Doorway. Doorway. Cool. And finally, I need an <laughs> adverb. I just gave three in a row, man. What's What's an adverb? An adverb describes a verb and usually ends in ly, like happily, loudly, or quickly. Okay, I need an adverb. Smellily. Smellily? <laughs> I don't think that's a word. 
Not good. You're all done. Not even a word. <gasps> you ready for I this? I read it. <laughs> I call this Mad Lib Vacation Sports. There are many new and squishy things you can do on your vacation today. 25 years ago, I was showing off who went on a vacation could play tennis or go chicken back riding or play 18 holes of basketball or spend their time swimming with their family. But today, if you are blue enough to try, you can go skydiving or windsurfing or water skiing or mountain flying. Skydiving is the most fun if you are not afraid of driving. First, you strap on 100,012 parachutes. Then you get in an airplane with eight or nine other giraffe and go up to 71 feet. Then you open the door and jump out. Once in the air, everyone holds hands and you go into a free fall towards the turn below. At the last minute, you yank on your carpet and open your parachute and float gently to the doorway. It is a lot of fun if you like to live smelly. I don't think that's a word. <laughs> I really like that mad lip. Again? No, thanks. That's that's a, that's intriguing. Okay. That means that 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 seems so, to me that you could actually say lots of things during that, and actually turning into like an E.E. E. Cummings sort of deal. So it's actually so uh, this game is super fun because my daughter found it before any of us did, and so it was funny because I was hearing her say these super long sentences, and she should have just been saying one word, you know, because they were asking. But the thing that I love so much about it, and which I showed in this, is what asking like, "Hey, what's a noun? What's an adjective?" Because it's a learning device, and I love that you're able to ask it those questions while you're doing the game. So, um, for me, having this device is fun. It's actually helpful controlling my smartphone, uh, my smartphone, my smart home, and it's also educational, which I think is uh, one of the one of the coolest things. Um, I haven't used it while while doing homework, and so I'm kind of excited to do that because my daughter goes to bilingual school, and so she's learning Spanish and you know in English, and so sometimes she has a question about how, what does that word mean. So I'm kind of excited for her to have a conversation with Google in terms of doing homework. Um, but off the bat, I love uh, I love the device. The shopping list is super is super helpful. You can add things to the shopping list. One thing that I will say, and I don't know why they didn't add this on there, is you can't add reminders. So if you say, hey, Material, remind me to you know, publish this episode of Material in two days, it'll tell you, I'm sorry, I can't do that, but I'm always learning. Uh, so it's, it's learning, it's getting there, it's cheaper, it's cheaper than an Echo. Um, I can't personally say how they compare. I know there's this fun uh, video that uh, a, a, someone did Alexa versus Google Home, and they kind of compared them. And, you know, they, they pretty much did a lot of the same things. Um, so it is it was 60 bucks cheaper. I think the Echo is 189 was it? And so, and, and you know, I, I think it looks nicer, um, and only time will tell. what You know, the things that I think the Echo has – uh, and does better and because it's obviously integrated with Amazon is the ability to buy stuff, which I think is pretty cool. So you can just say, hey, order some new, uh, you know, hand towels or whatever you order on Amazon and then you're able to get that. So that's that's a neat part. Yeah, I will just add to one uh, one thing to that. I've been trying to find out from some of the, the Google reps that we have, like what what abilities do we as developers have to integrate with this? Because that's one cool thing about the Echo, right? If you want to write the skills things, you can plug into your lights and you can do all this other stuff. And it seems like at the moment, um, 
yeah that that part of it doesn't really exist at the moment so they're they're working on it you know there's integrations with various things coming but there's no way for me as a developer to sit down today and be like okay i want to plug pocket cast into this thing it's just it's just not there yet so i guess it's it's still early days hmm. yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to it it's, it really is uh, uh one of the things i like about uh about alexa is that it integrates well with the stuff that i'm already using on uh, on amazon and really all I'm using on Amazon is all the music that I've bought and stuff like that and and, and Amazon orders and stuff like that. Uh, it's going to be interesting when we get to Google, which Google know, uh, Google knows more about my day. Google is in control of my phone. Uh, my uh, I have uh, Google Music. I also buy, uh, buy uh, content uh, through the Google stores. So let's see if it does a better job of that. If, it's, if on launch day it can't just remind me to do something, that's a problem. But I'm sure they're going to fix that uh, pretty quickly. Um, I also have uh, a new toy that we'll talk about next time. Uh, because Ooh. we had too much fun talking about, uh, <laughs> I, I have the I have the new uh, Lenovo Yoga book, uh, and I asked specifically for the. This is the one that I'll just uh, proof of proof of life. This is the. I'm holding it up to <gasps> show my compatriots can see it. Oh my goodness! This and beautiful tiny tiny little is... like ten inch laptop that you might have heard about that has a both a regular touchscreen, but also the keyboard area is just a glass touch surface. So when you need a keyboard, it lights up and you get a keyboard. I did ask specifically for the Android model because they have, uh, have an Android version and a Windows version. Uh, it's been a while since I've used like a real Android tablet, so I wanted to check that out first. Uh, but I like it. I, I like what I've uh, I've had it for about a week. Like like it a lot. We'll talk about it more next week. Um, but we're kind of running out of time. Um, I just want to mention one thing that I thought was really really cool. That actually uh, news from about a month or two ago. I haven't gotten around to uh, talking about it yet. Um, the uh, you familiar with the Raspberry Pi? Yes. Mm-hmm. The uh, yep. That's a thirty five dollar <laughs> computer that can be whatever you want it to be because it costs thirty five damn dollars. They also have a five dollar version for people who say, "Oh, thirty five dollars for a desktop computer? That's way too rich for my blood." It runs Linux. Uh, the uh, it's always it's been getting better and better and better over the past three or four years uh, since uh, two thousand twelve when it was first released, but. It's always been just a little bit short of what you could call a Volks computer, you know, so where you don't have to be a nerd or a friend of a nerd to use it as a real computer. And just to be clear, it has it has four uh, USB ports. It has an Ethernet port. It has an HDMI port. Yes, it has more ports. This thirty-five dollar computer than a two thousand dollar than a two thousand uh, dollar uh, MacBook in terms of <laughs> plugging things. When no damn dongles, no damn dongles. Too soon, Andy. Uh, but, Too so, soon. No, no, never too soon. Never. <laughs> I, I, I am, I am the on the, the, the that French Revolution picture of me with a flag, with a kepi cap, and launching people forward. No, we say no to the dongle tyranny. Uh, but the, the deal is that if you want to, you can use it for pretty much anything, including just like uh, to uh, program it to flip switches and be the the the, the heart of, a, of an electronics device, or you can just plug a keyboard and a mouse and run Linux on it. Uh, uh, the, there's a built there's an easy install that will uh, install a version of the Debian Linux operating system called uh, called Raspbian. The problem the problem has always been that. To get it to do to replicate what you can do on a desktop has always been a little bit tricky. There's always been lots of workarounds for certain things. One of the things that was a was, was a problem is that there was never a really good modern web browser for it. Where browsers that are kind of good, they're open source and they work, but they're not great. 
the latest version, however, they have finally had they finally have built a a canonical version of the Chromium web browser. This is Google's open source version of uh, the Chrome browser. Uh, and whereas there used to be, if you go to this website, it will teach you how to download the binaries and compile them and build the version that maybe you could use it. No, no, no. Now this is being built and supported by a larger community, uh, and now you get essentially Google Chrome. Uh, on this $35 computer. What that means is now that, for one, uh, of course, the the Chromium code is optimized to make sure that every single Google app works spectacularly well on it, which means that YouTube, for instance, works spectacularly well. It uses the the, uh, computer's uh, built-in hardware uh, graphics acceleration, so you can play all of your YouTube videos, uh, you can play Google Music really, really nicely, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Google Docs, of course, works great. Google Mail works great. And of course, since every other web app out there is built to the same sort of ambitions as Google Apps, that suddenly means that any thing that you're using on your $2,000 laptop right now that you use through a web browser, particularly Chrome, will also work on this $35 computer. So that's a pretty, that's a really great welcome sort of, uh, sort of advancement. Because no, number one, not a lot of people, not everyone can afford uh, even a $500 computer, or they would like to have a second or third computer for the kids, but they don't want to give their kids a $500 computer even. But you can give them a computer, and you can buy it. You can buy it for ten bucks. You can buy a nice, cute, yellow plastic case for it, so it actually looks like a little computer instead of a bare circuit board. Uh, it means that you can put these things in places where you couldn't put them before, uh, which is pretty cool stuff. Um, there is still. Uh, now that they have a really powerful CPU, right, the the 2016 version of the Pi, uh, the Raspberry Pi 3, not only has built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth for the first time, but it also has a really, really powerful processor, uh, much more powerful than previous editions. So there's a lot more serious interest in bringing Android to uh, to Pi. And this, but it's still, right now, it's still in that same stagnant place that Chromium was in a few months ago, where there are some, there are some projects and if you want to download the binaries and compile them and follow these instructions, you can get Nougat running on the Pi. And the exciting thing is I think they kind of got the Play Store working. Of course, you don't, you can't use Wi-Fi and audio at the same time, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, it's those of you who have just heard of Raspberry Pi, maybe now is a good time to really start following Raspberry Pi because this time next year, it could be that secondary computer that runs Android, gives you every single uh, experience that you have on your phone only in a really, really much cooler way. Uh, so it's it's it was a really 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 good uh, good news for me. Uh, I, I try to evangelize the Pi because it it represents so much about what I really like about computing. But I don't want to be on tech support for every single person who buys this computer and now can't get this running on it. Or how can I really want to use Gmail but I can't use it? Can you tell me how? To, okay, I'm sorry. For go, go to GitHub. Okay, let me tell you what GitHub is. It's yeah. So this is a really really big big thing and a, a really big blow for in favor of people who again need computers but can't afford two thousand dollar computers. Andy, I'm really disappointed there was no pie jokes in there. I was just waiting for them and waiting for them and waiting for them. But that does... We're trying to wrap up, so... <laughs> it does sound really cool, though. So if you're into, yeah, having a cheap computer that you can mess with and stuff, go go check it out. Ah, one other interesting thing that happened this week is Android Auto um, it has come to the phone. So we know a lot of people... Uh, we know based on our stats, actually, that a lot of people don't have Android Auto. It only comes with new cars, and even then, only some cars. I know Yasmin has it. She's super excited when it when it works. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to go return return my Android Auto yeah, now. Yeah, you need to buy I that car. My phone. Yeah, you wasted money. You I just bought the I waste, yeah, just bought the car, wasted all that money. So when <laughs> when you get the app update, and in typical Google fashion, I don't yet have the app update because you know it takes a week to roll out or whatever. But when you do get it, you can fire up the Android Auto app, and essentially you've got the Android Auto interface, but on your phone. So it's a lot cheaper than you know buying a seven hundred dollars stereo and you know trying to get the right adapters and whacking that in your car. If you can get yourself a good uh, car mount and you've got a decent sized phone um, you've pretty much got the same experience because most stereos are you know seven inches across and phones are you know pretty damn close five and a half or whatever your phone is um, and it's really cool uh, Yasmin and I saw a demo of this at Google I.O. they had them on all the the phones out there and I was expecting it to be not so good because obviously you've got it in portrait which car stereos don't really do and you can also do landscape but it does both really well and yeah I think this is a cool way to have uh, more distraction-free driving, I guess. So instead of trying to fiddle with tiny little controls on your your phone or whatever you have, you've got the nice big Android Auto ones. You've got standard interfaces for all your um, music playing stuff. So you've got Pocket Cast, Google Play Music, Spotify, whatever you've got. It's one standard interface, so you know where all the buttons are and they're nice and big and, and hittable. So, yeah, I think it's a really cool thing. If you don't have an Android Auto-enabled car, you should go down and load the app anyway and check it out. Yeah, I think this is a great way. It's definitely a lot cheaper than buying a new car. Just I think a the problem is, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I thought you were saying you can only hear me a little bit. Yeah, it's most people don't buy a new car, um, you know, every every year or whatever, not even that often. So it's hard to get a lot of people into Android Auto or, or even CarPlay for Apple because a lot of people don't buy new cars all the time. And so I think this is a great way to get more people on there with this uh, distraction-free devices so that's pretty cool um i'm kind of interested to see the difference between the android auto app how it compares to the console that's actually in my car so uh pretty cool go check it out um i also want to share this awesome uh, story from how google helped build friendship and this is kind of what i want to end on because you know it's been at least in the states it's been a, a different a difficult uh, election season for us um and so i think this is just a nice story of of friendship and all that uh fun stuff. So I'm just going to read a little bit of it. It says, in this day and age, you don't have to speak each other's language to make new friends. You just need a phone. 10-year-old Rafael Anaya started going to Paloma Elementary in Temecula, California, after his family moved to the town from Mexico. Since the boy didn't speak a word of English, the new environment was especially challenging. Amanda Moore, a fellow student at the school, noticed that her classmates seemed sad. Even though she didn't speak Spanish, however, she used Google Translate to write a note to the boy saying, Would you like to sit with me today? Look for me and I will show you where to sit. We can color or simply tell scary stories. Thank you for your time, signed Amanda. Not only had the two become buddies through the phone app, but the school honored Amanda as student of the month for her spontaneous act of kindness. And I just absolutely love this story because um, talk about br- you know bridging uh, barriers because it's just overcoming all of that. It's a uh, language is how we communicate. You know, you're listening to this podcast. Um, if you can, if you can hear it, you're, you're, you're listening to the words that we're saying. And if you understand the language that we're speaking, like if you didn't understand English, it would probably be pretty hard to listen to the podcast. Um, but so how do you bridge that? And the cool thing is that you have the power of bridging uh, communication within the app and especially, you know, Google translate uh, to different
different languages. And I think that's just absolutely amazing that you can have this uh, type of interaction and that Google uh, providing, you know, via Google Translate, providing this app is helping and enable that and people connecting regardless of uh, language barriers. So I think that's cool. You know, um, I'm going to have to try this the next time we go visit my grandma because when I go visit my grandma, I'm usually translating between my grandma and my husband. And so now if I can just get Google to do it, there we go. <laughs> Save some time. So maybe, so, maybe that's what you, maybe that, that's what you should do with uh, your Google home. You should like buy like a teddy bear or something, <laughs> hollow it out, put it in there, <laughs> just sort of hide it in the room. And just have it translate. Uh, I'm really so bummed that it wasn't able to play material podcast. I promise you it actually plays podcasts and like videos and music really well. Uh, it's just so embarrassing that I couldn't do it. And I don't even work for Google Home, but hey. It's, it's becoming a favorite in our house, and I'm really happy to have it. So if you are undecided and think, oh, should I really go get it? I think it's, uh, I, for me, it's a buy. It's obviously not something that's essential. It's, not, it's, not, it's cheaper than the Echo, but it's not something that's terribly um, inexpensive. So obviously, every situation is different. So if you have the money, go for it. Um, we want to thank everyone for listening. And Andy, where can people stay connected with you? Uh, spell my last name and you can see my Instagram and my Twitter at notgo and you can also go to notgo.com for my blog which hopefully will be revived in a little bit I blog when the mood strikes uh, also my uh, professional writings are at the suntimes suntimes.com and Russell where can people connect with you uh, they can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter and they can also find me trolling the internet for somewhere to buy the Google Home here in Australia not that I'm bitter that I lost or anything Yasmin but your review was <laughs> so positive hey, that I think I might have to get one. I didn't rub it in your face. <laughs> and I'm at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. Oh, and one quick note, because I do have the Google on Hub. Um, they do have a site that's on.here on that allows people to control your smart home um, enabled devices from if they're logged into your Wi-Fi. So if you have someone that's like house sitting or maybe just a family family member that's coming over and they don't have the Philips Hue app, they can actually control the lights from the the website on dot here um, because you have on hub. And so it's actually really cool. And actually the irony is that their interface I think is so much better than Philips Hue's. Like it's just super simple to use. Um, so that was just really funny. So shout out to the on hub team for allowing people to control their devices, you know, via this uh this hub and i don't and i'm actually now just really curious if it's something that's going to come to the google wi-fi um i guess we'll have to find out if people can control smart devices via the google wi-fi that is launched sometime in the future later this year maybe i don't remember the launch date on that so i want to thank everyone for listening um you can find us on twitter at material podcast you can send us your feedback at material podcast at gmail.com until next time stay in material Oh, hey, go find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. Bye-bye.